So welcome to another edition of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I am your host, Gail Edwards, known as the Personal Brand Disruptor. And of course, today I am joined by my lovely co-host, Lubna Zaru. Woohoo! Hello! the lovely Lubna. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs. Wow. Showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and bustle of grinding and slaying. So who have we got with us today? Well, today, I'm gonna, am I really going to say this because we say this every single episode, but we have, today we've got somebody amazing and exceptional with us. We've got someone who was a lawyer that started her own business. Sarah, Sarah is a lawyer and owns a digital law firm. She is also the founder of the Digital Lawyer Academy program. And three years ago, she quit her job and started her own business. She wanted more time and more freedom, but also she wanted to explore the possibility of being herself fully, fully expression, full expression of herself, not having to fit into the strict box that comes with the role as a lawyer at a law firm or a law firm even. <laughs> She was never particularly good at fitting into that box because she's way too happy, way too positive, way too outgoing and way too opinionated to fit in to our normal stereotypes as, as of a lawyer. And I'm sure that as we go through our conversation today, you will see exactly what we mean by that. So without further ado, let's welcome the lovely Sarah Jean. Welcome, oh Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I was like, do we already know each other? <laughs> for having our short uh, intro talk here. But yeah, that was me. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. And we're really pleased to have you with us as well, Sarah. And I know we've already spent a bit of time just having a chat, getting to know each other. And I love... I just love the introduction where it says you're too happy, too outgoing, too opinionated because you so are, you know, you're, you're effervescent, vibrant, bubbly. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I've got to ask you the question. How did you first know or when did you first know that the, the traditional path of a lawyer was not for you? Well, the funny thing is like starting out, um, you know, you get into law school and everybody talks about you need to work in a law firm and that's the cool place to be. And I was like, I want to be in the cool place. <laughs> so I kind of went the traditional way at first. Yeah, very soon. So I've got still a lot of friends from those um, law firms and the court where I've worked uh, because, uh, as you said, like I'm outgoing, I'm sociable, I love to. To, to make new connections and make friends. But also when you're in the, the culture that is a law firm or a court or yeah, the law industry basically, it is strict and you get told how to dress, how to be yeah. as a lawyer, how to act and everything like that. And oof, more and more, it felt like a straitjacket, the more secure you get into, 
in yourself as you grow, get older as well, you know, starting out a bit, you know, who am I, what should I be like, what is my role as a lawyer, uh, but more and more growing into it, I felt like, no, I need to be me, I need to be able to express myself, and there are clients for me as well, uh, as I've learned over the years, that uh, like my way of being and talking to them, uh, and of course, I vary my role as well. If I'm at court, I don't sit about flubbering my arms like this. <laughs> no, I do uh, get a grip and are strict. But otherwise, I love being able to express myself and be myself. And I could only do that fully uh, while, when I took the step to start my own business, actually. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And have you, have you found... Because I, I heard you say that your clients really like you being you. And was it more that within the walls of the law firm that it was, there were some unwritten rules or maybe even written rules on how you needed to show up? So there wasn't really a problem with the clients you had as a lawyer, but more with the internal culture of the law firm? Yeah, 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 def- definitely. So, um as, as you know, like most, uh, oh, I'm putting up my chin hair, but <laughs> saying this, but yeah, most part, most partners at law firms are male. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they're a bit older. Yeah. Yeah. And they can be lively uh, persons, all that. Yeah. They have a more uh, old fashioned, you know, view on things and how to be as a lawyer. And that was kind of how they, told others to be and it's not uh just me like I have a lot of friends unfortunately they're not at law firms anymore because they've got kids and they feel like they cannot combine those two mm-hmm. and I think that is such a pity all of these fantastic skilled women living in the law industry but uh, anyway they uh, said the same story basically so yeah, in some cases it's written rules and sometimes it's unwritten it's you know it's in the walls and it could be the the frowns you know the hmm. (laughs) (laughs) subtle things making you feel and Sarah what was what was your specialism what you know what were you specializing in in law um I'm specializing in real estate so that has kind of been my my uh, my thing all the way basically oh nice so I really like that and uh, more and more of course I have niche niche down so Right now, I'm mostly helping uh, property owners. So, person like you, if you want to build something, <laughs> I'm helping with building permissions and things like that. Mm, nice. I love, it. I love it. And are you, and I know you're based in Sweden. So, are most of your clients in Sweden? So, you work with Swedish property law? Or are you more European? No, I'm, uh, yeah, Swedish jurisdiction. Right. Swedish law, real estate law. Yeah. Okay, because I know I know we've got some listeners out there who'll be thinking, "Oh, property lawyer I could do with one of those." So if you're <laughs> in Sweden, okay, because Swedish jurisdiction, then yeah. Sarah's your girl. Mm. But uh, the the coaching program that I have, um, mm-hmm. my course there, that is for female lawyers globally, oh. uh, because it's how to set up and build a law business, law practice that is digital, one of your own. So. That is not just applicable to one jurisdiction. 
Oh, fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about um, this digital program then that helps female lawyers set up their own. What, what kind of thing is involved? Yeah. So um, as I said, like it has been like why I started was just because I have so many friends leaving. <clears throat> it's written all the time from the Bar Association. How, how are we going to keep uh, our women in the law firms? Kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, being a big thing. So I was like, Having reached my goals now, I wanted to pass forward my experience and my knowledge. Like there is a way because it's super fun to be a lawyer, actually. Like mm-hmm. I love the trade. I just didn't particularly love it as an employee or it wasn't for me. It wasn't um, the law firms in itself that was bad in any way, but uh, it was more up to me that I wanted a different lifestyle. Yeah. So I thought it's still a big step to start something new, start your own business, or it could be absolutely a lawyer that has already got a law firm, but wants to take it more digital. Mm. Uh, But it's a big step, a big leap. And I did all the trial and error kind of (laughs) along the way. So now I thought like, now I've cracked the code. So I put in, I created the program that I wish had been there when I started out. Mm, so like we start with, you know, mindset, uh, having a positive mindset, going over morning routines and affirmations and things like that. That's a bit unusual for a lawyer <laughs> to be more, um, yeah, with the universe and things like that. Woo. Then we go over and creating a business plan. So it's like creating your, finding your niche, your ideal client. And then we go into all things digital. So I go over all the different models that are possibilities that are out there and giving an example of loads of ideas. I have so many ideas. Oh my God. (laughs) I wish someone would pick my brain here. (laughs) And (laughs) no, and just the tools. Like from a lawyer, when I started out, I was like, No, I could probably not set up a digital course because I'm not a programmer. But you don't have to do that. There's so many platforms out there. So it's also really practical to get started. So it's a quick start kind of for those who want it and need it. Yeah, I love what you shared because one of the things that you shared in our in our pre-conversation is that you knew how to be a lawyer. That's that's your trade. That's what you've been educated to do and even had experience uh, while working at a law firm. But starting a business that requires a different skill set. And mm. uh, and, and I, I'm highlighting this because I think that is very important, especially for those that are transitioning from a corporate job to entrepreneurship is that it will require you to think differently. It will require you to learn different skills because being an entrepreneur is something else than being a corporate professional in any way, shape or form. And I think it's so important, the message that you are conveying is that you need to learn those skills before you can really be successful as an entrepreneur, before you really can start achieving those goals that you set out by becoming an entrepreneur. So I really love that you shared that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I'm really curious about right now, Mm -hmm. especially knowing that you're from Sweden, Mm -hmm. is what's your favorite sushi? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The (laughs) million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm a bit of a traditionalist, at least here uh, in Sweden. So I love my sushi, my nigiri with uh, avocado or salmon. That's my favorite. 
You know, I think that's the global favourite. No matter who we speak to, where they where they are, that's what always comes up. Salmon and avocado. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, isn't it? <laughs> you really but I do love my tuna as well. Or always mix up with the tuna. Oh, I love tuna. tuna. Nice. Oh, mm. nice, nice, nice. And how did you discover your passion for sushi? It has actually got to do with my passion for my husband. <laughs> Ooh, I love a good no. romance. Do tell, Sarah. No. Do tell. <laughs> so, um, growing up, I never tasted sushi because my parents was like, "This sushi is disgusting." So we don't, we didn't eat that, and that's why I didn't try it. But uh, when I met my my then boyfriend, now husband, <laughs> um, he lived in Stockholm, and in Stockholm uh, back then it was like sushi is the thing like that is the cool thing <laughs> and i yeah i wanted to do what he uh suggested so he invited me for my first sushi actually up in stockholm and i actually loved it like i love herring uh i love all types of fish um being on the west coast here in sweden mm-hmm. i eat that a lot so actually i found it wasn't such a big step uh and it was super good so i've eaten it regularly for 20 years now. We met 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So, of course, that then leads us to ask. Seeing as, you know, you, you, you've obviously enjoyed your sushi journey, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, if you were a sushi, mm-hmm. if you were a sushi, what sushi would you be, you know, and why? What, what ingredients would you have? Would you have a little bit of wasabi? What would you be? Yeah, oh, that is such a good question. Um, I actually, even though, um, yeah, I, I must go for the salmon. I'm because I'm thinking it comes from the cold waters here in Sweden and Norway, the salmon on the sushis. Mm. So, and I actually love our waters here, like ocean. I go to it every day, where's what, what I'm enjoying myself, relaxing myself, finding peace and calm. So, be fish in that water and end up at a sushi, that would be me. And it's also pink, kind of. And I love pink. You can see I have a pink shirt on today. Yeah. <laughs> I love my pink. It's in my branding colors as well. So oh. that would be the pink. Uh, yeah. Oh, great. And, would it, and would it be sashimi or nigiri or a maki or a hand roll? What's the form of your sushi? Sashimi or nigiri. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Nice and simple. Yeah, love it, love it. Love it. How about you? What's your favorite sushi? Oh gosh, oh. you know my 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 all time favorite is is what we call starter sushi, which is the California um, roll. That's oh, my wow. yeah California roll. I, I call it the beginner's sushi because it's right. so. However, it is my favorite. But having said that. I've really started to get into quite recently because we have we have sushi every week. We have sushi Wednesday. Oh, it's sushi Wednesday today, actually. Yes. <laughs> we have sushi Wednesday every week. Um, and I've really started to get into tuna because my daughter loves tuna. So we're starting to I'm starting to explore that with her because she always has the tuna. I'm like, well, why? But I'm starting to get into that now. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good you. <laughs> yeah, mine is the same. California roll is really oh. one that I uh, order every time, oh. and um, but I have several favorites. The other one is a salmon roll with mango. Oh, 
Mm, oh wow with mango that sounds delicious oh it absolutely is. still want to try that i haven't tried that yet so delicious and you've got two forms here you either get a slice of mango on top of the salmon in the nigiri or a little bit mango sauce both of them are delish And uh, favorite number three is the spicy tuna because I love tuna even more than salmon. Oh, okay, cool. Mm. Or oh, another thing, I love these sushi trains. You know what? Oh. Is, what is it? You know, and they roll by little plates and like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, the oh. conveyor, the conveyor belt, conveyor belt, conveyor belt, absolutely. Because That's... then you can get to try all different kinds of things. That's so fun. Yeah, I love those as well. I love those. We, I don't know if you have um, Yo Sushi, if you have the chain Yo Sushi in um, Sweden, but we had a chain called Yo Sushi, and literally it was like these um, these restaurants that became really popular, literally almost as popular as McDonald's, to be honest. Oh. And yeah, so everywhere you went, you had a Yo Sushi with the conveyor belt going around, going around, and literally we would just spend all day in Yo Sushi picking off. I loved it. It it is the the thing that we did in Manchester. We went out for sushi yeah. in a restaurant with a conveyor belt sushi. Yeah, it just goes round and round. That was lovely sushi, actually. It was. Mm. It was really good sushi. Wow. <laughs> good. I really love that. Yeah, it was good. So, Sarah, if our if our listeners want to get in touch with you, you know, we we have a broad spectrum of li- listeners. So, if we've got any listeners that want to get in touch with you to find out more about how they can launch their um, online law practice, how can they get in touch with you? Well, either on Facebook, my name Sarah Jorner, or they can good just Google Digital Lawyer Academy. Uh, so I've got a, a website that is my name, uh, sarahjorner.com, mm-hmm. or as I said, Digital Lawyer Academy. So there, they'll find information. They can just uh, press different buttons that have been searched <laughs> <laughs> to right. reach out. And of course, Jorner is a Swedish spelling, so we'll make sure that we put the um, correct spelling in the episode notes for this particular episode because we don't want people going off thinking that you know it's j-o-r-n-a-y or something if they're british then you know that yeah that's how they would think it's spelled. so we'll make sure that we put that um in the notes so sarah Mm. what else would you really like to share with our listeners what what one piece of information or what what golden nugget would you like to share with anybody that's thinking about doing what you did they're thinking about taking the plunge from their corporate career into setting up their own business what's your golden nugget for them well it it is actually to get clear on your dreams because it always comes down to that because no not everybody some people love being employed lawyer like mm-hmm. think it's like top notch <laughs> yeah enjoying their life then you shouldn't start your own business but if you have a different dream if you want something else for your life so it's all about sitting down for a moment and thinking how would i like to work how would i like my life to be and if that answer that comes out isn't the life you're having right now you need to start thinking how can i make my dream come true how can i plan for that and that might mean that you need to start your own business and yeah to really take you know action on your dreams to make because no one else will do it for you 
That's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And just remember to having fun. I love the way you said, uh, Lugna, uh, that in your business, you're talking about having fun in business and the importance of that. Yes. And I'm all about that. I can't stress that enough because there's so many things in the lawyer world as well. Like, um, because if you go from employment and keep working exactly the same way in, in your own business, you haven't really made a change. So I'm all about you can work in a different way, can set your own terms. You determine how much you want to work or how little. Okay. That's the beauty. Yeah. No, I really, I really resonate with that because it's one of the things that I got. I mean, I got the same thing you did. And I've worked for an audit organization. So we're into compliancy. Uh, I used to be an IT auditor. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. For 11 years. And even worse, I used to be one within the Dutch government. So you got double, oh. double whammy, yeah. uh, so to speak. And one of the things that people used to say about me are the same things that they said about you. Too optimistic, too positive. And the, and the one that stuck the most is too opinionated. I found myself asking the question, why are we doing this? Every time my manager said, I want you to do X, Y, or Z. And I was like, why? Mm. And he was like, because I said so. He said, that's not a reason for me to even get up this chair. So try again. Why? What is? What are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to do? And is this the best way to do it? For me, it was really important yeah. to know the answer to that question because it felt anything else would be a waste of my time. Right. So why would we do High five. High five. High five all around. High five. <laughs> I mean, it, why waste time? Time is the most precious asset. Why would we do that on things that will not contribute to achieving our goal? And I, I got, I got everything. You're too opinionated. You're, you're too aggressive. You're too assertive. You're too much. You're too loud. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm just trying to do the best thing that I can in the in this moment in time. And I want work to be fun. It's one my it's my top core value. So I need to know that I can be fun and make it fun. But what I found is that the masses of people in the corporate world adopt a mindset. And that's why I love that you start your digital program uh, academy with mindset is how you perceive work determines what you're going to get out of work. So if oh. you look at work, I want to have fun, you will have fun. If you look at work, it's necessary so I can pay my bills. That's all you're going to get out of work. Yeah, definitely. So well, how, how have, and on that note, how have people, the other lawyers in your law firm reacted to you leaving the law firm, not to go to another law firm, but to start your own business? Well, um, they were super surprised. Yeah, they were. Um, they were lovely ladies and I still have contact and having lunch with them. So no hard feelings at all there. Mm. It was just, uh, they worked in a, a different way. And just, um, as I said, I wanted another type of, of time freedom that you actually cannot get if you're an employed person and lawyer. And they were like, well, how are you going to do it? And uh, do you have a plan, Sarah? I'm like, worried for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I said, I want to work from home as well. Like, obviously, I take, if, I'm, if I actually meet clients, uh, I do it. I have a conference space um, 
yeah, not in my home, of course, but I do. Otherwise, it's like these video meetings. Yeah. But they were like, so are you going to hang up a sign on your house? I was like, oh, wow. I don't think I will have him drop by like that, like dropping lawyer. I'm not a dropping. It's, oh, yeah, it was so sweet. Well, yeah, so they were kind yeah. of surprised. <laughs> but that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, that you knew how to be a lawyer, but you didn't quite know how to run a business. And I suppose their perception was the same. It was, okay, yeah. well, I get that you're going to be a lawyer, but are you going to be the lawyer that has the sign outside? Are you going to be the lawyer that we're going to bump into in court? You know, that kind of right. kind of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of kind of see that. But one of the other great things about being self-employed, Sarah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we get to choose how we work, but we also get to choose when we work. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that for me is one of my greatest freedoms because I, especially as I'm getting older, I find that I have very odd hours when it comes to sleep. Oh. So if I, if I decide that I want to work at one o'clock in the morning, but sleep until 10 o'clock in the morning, then that's great because I'm still getting things done. So right. what, what, what other, what other, um, discoveries have you found in working in working this way, working for yourself? What have you discovered about working for yourself that you just couldn't do if you were nine to five? Oh, love that question. Well, it's actually um, I felt that I can I can be super efficient. I cannot be super efficient for eight hours. Oh. So I often felt that there was some waste of time if you uh, would call it that just sitting warming the chair kind of <laughs> at work sometime you know it's not it's not five o'clock yet i have to, i don't have anything else on my plate today but i have to wait until five. Oh no it wasn't that strict but the feeling was that yeah and now i can adjust and adapt without you know asking for permission or and it will be like okay we need to look at this and i will get back to you and all of those kind of things it's just the freedom so no i don't work eight hours a day because i don't enjoy work hours a day and i don't have to so i take my morning uh quietness kind of where i take a walk i drop the kids off at school at eight and then i do a walk or something yoga, meditating, anything like that, because I get so much energy. So even if that takes 30 minutes an hour, I will gain so much more efficiency. So that is beautiful thing to be able to do, I think. And just no day is the same because I get bored so easily. Mm. That's another thing that I've learned. Like, <laughs> um, So I change my day all the time, different things, so that I can continue on working without developing new businesses all the time but instead having variety in my everyday life yeah oh I can really resonate with that variety variety is one of my top values you know my um my top three values are fun variety and um certainty which is really odd actually that but see with me people say well how how as an entrepreneur is certainty one of your top values I say it's quite simple. I like to be certain that I'm going to have fun and have different things to do. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite simple. It's not security. Security is probably like number six or something, which is why I'm an entrepreneur. So yeah, I can totally resonate, totally resonate with what you're saying there. Yeah. 
having that freedom. Well, and it is one of the things that people think is that working eight hours is a good way to work, which is not. There is scientific research proven that the the, the productive time period of eight hours is about four. Mm. That's how. Yeah, it is. But because bearing in mind that the rest of the time you're just sitting behind a computer answering emails, but most uh, you're you're actually warming the chair. You're not being productive. There's no input output in answering right. an email. You're not creating something. And one of the things that as an entrepreneur, that relationship is more important because every minute you spend on something that is not revenue generating will hurt you on the revenue part. So it isn't. We think that keeping people from a nine to five will get us the most productive uh, uh, way, but it's not because... Uh, so one, we we're not we can't. Our human brain can't take it. We need downtime as much as we need uptime. That's one reason. The mm-hmm. other one is it depends on your biorhythm. So for example, I am not a morning person. I don't. Right. Okay, mate. I'm Are you not. okay now, mate? <laughs> exactly. No, and I can do it, but I can't do it five days a week every morning. Exactly. I need to start up. I get my my highest product, my productive time window is anywhere between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. in the evening. I do the most work of a full day between 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. in the evening. I could oh. do one day work in those in that time frame. Because that is the environment in which I can create a flow state. I can do a lot. So if you you see me, most of the time, the mornings, I'm either doing nothing. So I'm really relaxing and just waking up slowly, Mm. but not doing very complex stuff. I can if I have to, but you really see me driving online and doing calls in the afternoon. I do it faster. Mm. I had a call yesterday with an entrepreneur who was confused and was like, help, I don't know what to do. And I called her instead of trying to type uh, uh, online. I called her. Within 50 minutes, I got her from confusion to clarity. That's excellent. Good job. So we've all got our different productivity zones. And the question is, which one is yours? And how do you plan it throughout your day? And because as entrepreneurs, we've got more freedom to do that. Because mm. it could be evenings, it could be early mornings, it could be afternoons, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And then as employees, because most corporates still think that having people from nine to five is the best way that we can use their knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. And I think it would be so interesting to see if things will change ahead because mm. of, you know, um, with COVID-19, yes. people will for a long period of time have been working from home doing like we're doing now, like videos and uh, this type of meetings. And if you do something for a long period of time, it gets to be something, you know, common, normal. Uh, So I wonder if more people will have the option uh, in the future to have a different way of both where you work from, but also the hours maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I have to say, uh, Sarah, I'm curious. There's one question I've been curious about in the last 10 minutes and I have to ask it before we wrap up. Now, I know that you were introduced to sushi by your husband. Yeah. And I also know you have children. Yeah. Mm. Do they love sushi too? One do. My seven-year-old girl, she loves sushi. (laughs) The (laughs) older one, she wants to love it. 
she's all there because we're eating it. So she wants to be in the club kind of. <laughs> so she tries to. She's not really there yet, but I'm, I'm determined to get her there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I hope that she does. I hope she, that she does. Sarah, it's been such a pleasure. It really has. So before we go, is there anything, are there any final words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our audience? Well, it would just, to summarise a bit that we talked about, like, remember to have fun. If we, and if you're not having fun, try to find your fun. Yeah, find your fun, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and that is another way of working as a lawyer. It is possible for you if you want it. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's great advice to end on. There is another way. Whether you're a lawyer, an accountant, mm. you know, a marketeer even, it doesn't right. matter profession is there's always another way it is truly good yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so happy you. to be with you here today and it's been super fun talking to you it oh, really you. really has it really has and thank you to you our listeners for listening to another episode of the entrepreneur sushi club podcast and of course as always we would like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation because it has been so enlightening so please take a moment share with us in our facebook group the entrepreneur sushi club where you will find the link in the, the description of this episode to our facebook group and if you know someone who will benefit from listening to this episode, please feel free, share it with them also. So until next time, have fun. Yeah, have fun. Mm. Bye. <laughs>